Hello, bunch of besties. Welcome back to another episode of Bunch of Beauties presented by Pucker Up Sports. I am Sam Prevo, and as always, I am joined by Jennifer Molia. I'm so glad you remembered the opening. That was good. That was solid. <laughs> and I'm Ariel Melendez. Yep. The, the gang's all here. The coffee's Yo. good. The gang's all here. The coffee's good. Yeah. I remembered Bunch of Besties. Um, so this week, I wanted to get started with uh, Jen had a little fun thing happen. I this did. Week. And she and wants to talk about it. She's very excited about it. And I, I wanted to give you the floor, my yeah. sweet, to tell us what what happened and uh, all the deets. Yeah. So um, I got interviewed by Brock McGillis this week. Ooh. He's doing, um, he's doing, I think it's just called like Pride Hockey Pride Month Interview Project. Um, I don't think there's an actual like name for it um but he he kind of put out like on twitter kind of like a, a casting call if you will and he was like any queer people involved with hockey who'd want to get interviewed for a project like hit my line i think it was inspired by the fact that the nhl was like for pride month we are spotlighting allies and like that's like not yeah yeah why um <laughs> so and also if you don't know who Brock McGillis is. He's um he's Canadian. He used to play hockey. Um, I believe he was, if not the first, he was among the first men's hockey players to come out as gay. Um, and now he doesn't play anymore, but he's very much an advocate for LGBTQIA plus rights and things of the sort. Um, so on Sunday um, was our little Zoom interview, and. It was just a really great and really validating experience and, like, something that I talk about a lot when we talk about, like, being queer and being in, like, just liking sports in general, not even uh, hockey specific. I think a lot of times, like, we don't really feel like we have a seat at the table, like, especially during Pride Month when they say, like, we're focusing on allies for Pride Month. Like, it just feels very, like, isolating and almost alienating. So, like, to have an experience where you feel so validated and like seen and recognized was very cool. And yeah, I, I just didn't feel like I ever had a platform to like talk about some of the stuff. I'm like so stuffy, so I sound gross, but um, I never really had like a platform to talk about some of the stuff that we talked about. So it was really cool. And I saw he just started releasing the interviews on Twitter the past couple days. I know there's like over a hundred, so I don't know when mine will go up but um yeah just just a very cool thing I'm very thankful for him and his whole team of people who is behind this and I would love to see more of it one of the questions he had was like how do you think like hockey can be made a better space for queer people and I was like more stuff like this like you know the the highlighting allies is just such a blow like yeah I I think lifting up people who are actually a part of these communities is really the the key to success here and that's definitely what that felt like so that was a very cool thing yeah. he is the best and I said I wanted to plug his socials because that's where he's like putting the interviews his twitter literally might just be brock brock underscore mcgillis okay. so that's his twitter um if you want to find the little interviews um so that's my that's my happy little thing before we talk about 
unhappy things because there are a couple un- unhappy things yeah. we have to talk about. It's been a weird uh, news week in hockey, I think. Yeah. Like, there's been happy, like, happy stuff with, like, awards winning and, like, those kinds of things. But then there's also, like, and, like, new head coaches coming in, like, the usual stuff. And then there's the other stuff. So, you know, speaking of the NHL being tone deaf to their fan base, um, (laughs) the NHL announced uh, in conjuncture with game two of the cup finals that... TikTok e-boy personality. That's the, the best way to describe him. Yeah. Um, Josh Richards um, is going to be a voice of the fans, a fan liaison, a, a fan ambassador, whatever you want to call it. Basically a representative of the fans. Yeah. Which I have thoughts about it. I so, too have thoughts. Um, My first thought is, is that he has a podcast called BFFs with... None other than Dave Portnoy, the founder of Barstool. Right. I'm right. going to look up how old mm-hmm. Josh Richards is because I believe he's about half. He's 19. So he's I about was half say, I of Dave Portnoy's age and they're BFFs. So that's a red flag already. <laughs> already. Um, right off the bat. But what I, 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 I saw, there was actually one thread I did want to talk about. There was this one. There's a, I think there's a disconnect between the NHL and their actual fan base, like they don't recognize, they don't realize what their actual fan base is, especially on social media. Um, I saw a thread and forgive me that I can't remember who it's from. And I I definitely had it saved somewhere and then forgot to, you know, get it ready for the, (laughs) for the podcast. So that's my fault. But um, I've seen it from a few people that one of the biggest things that like, one of the biggest events that caused a surge in, in hockey fanship going up is the fact that one direction broke up and this is true. a bunch of teenage girls directed their attentions and obsession and focus onto hockey um and there's nothing wrong with that i'm not using obsession as like a bad negative connotation because i was obsessed with because like us when, too right and i was obsessed with one direction i mean i was obsessed with hockey and one direction simultaneously right but right i think more needs to be credit needs to be given to like tumblr and like, yeah. like we were talking about, like queer people, like check please. Those, I was gonna say check please. Like, yeah. Check please and Tumblr and One Direction breaking up. I think like those three things kind of live in the same <laughs> space. Yeah, but I think they all live in the same space because it all culminates. I think mostly from Tumblr, but that universe has done more to bring in more fans for hockey in recent years than any like Josh Richards type has. One hundred percent. I saw a tweet the other day where a girl was like, I had only read Check Please and never watched hockey, so I thought Sidney Crosby was a fictional character. And like that like <laughs> that like awakened something in me. I was like, yeah. oh shit. Like, you know, because I I feel like we, you know, I got it. I got heavily into hockey later on, like when I was a teenager. But it was just always kind of around me, like, because of my parents. So I think that we kind of have a different perspective from the people who, like, got into it because of something like Tumblr or, like, these comics or, like, One Direction breaking up or anything like that, you know? And I I agree with pretty much everything you said, Sam. And something something else I saw, again, somebody on Twitter said it and I didn't save it because I'm stupid. But I saw somebody say, like, they had to pick the the one person on tiktok who is doing absolutely nothing creative and nothing revolutionary yeah he doesn't do anything like yeah 
I mean, he's like those other, I mean, I don't, I don't really, I mean, I'm almost 25 years old. I'm not, I'm not concerned with like the hype house and like all these like, <laughs> and like the Tamilio sisters and whatever else is happening in on TikTok in that respect. I love TikTok as you know, what my for you page is showing yeah. me, not that stuff. But as far as I know, I mean, especially in Josh Richards's case, uh, is that they're not famous for doing much of anything except being attractive and standing there. Mm-hmm. So like, I think it's just insulting on a lot of levels that this is what the NHL thinks like the, that NHL fans are like, or that would respond to or feel aligned with that we're I'm aligning with this, you know, teenager who is famous for being attractive, who is best friends with someone over twice his age, who runs a company ridden with misogyny and, and, homophobia and xenophobia and whatever other bigoted thing you can think of. Just all the phobias. He's BFFs with that guy doing a podcast and he's supposed to represent us. I don't I don't get it. Yeah. It's insulting. One of the one of the tweets that we did save in our little group chat was um underscore Jacob Forster um I think who sent this? Sam sent this in the group chat. It says, this NHL youth ambassador hire, or whatever they're calling it, is deliberate. The NHL wants to encourage the kind of fans that support the tall chair network, Barstool Network. When someone tells you who they are, believe them. The NHL doesn't care about diversifying their fan base. They care about reinforcing the status quo. They pretend to care long enough to take our money, and then they go right back to amplifying voices like this. It's infuriating. And then someone under it, said yes let's bring this guy in and it's a screenshot of josh richards tweeting a twitter hashtag free dave portnoy like less than a month ago (laughs) yeah portnoy got suspended on twitter yeah so that's (laughs) that's about that on that i guess um the the other thing i want to bring up is we said like he's like the blandest thing on tiktok think about how many entertaining creative people are on tiktok like Think about the people who are using it as, like, an outlet for their career and a place to, like, really create things and be really cool. And, like, you pick this kid. Like, that just infuriates me so much. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, it's fine. Um, Leanne Strollo at Leanne Strollo tweeted this TikTok of at the hockey guys on TikTok. I don't know. Oh, if they're you great. Them. I, yeah, they're great. I, I had no idea who they were until I saw this tweet. And I watched, like, the the TikTok that she attached, and it was just, like, it was, like, what all of them are doing for the summer. And it and it was, like, with an Olivia Rodrigo song, and I was, like, this is so funny. Like, hire yeah, these real- men. Like- yeah, they're funny. They're funny guys. And, and like, like you said, like, they're actually doing something. They, like, do little, like, skits. And, yeah. Like, each of them has their own, like, little shtick in the group. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, like, they, I mean, they, they definitely play into, like, the kind of like letter Kenny, like hockey bro like thing but that's yeah. funny and that's entertaining and that's like I don't know that would definitely draw like I I don't I don't know if their goal was like oh Josh Richards has a huge following and I think he is Canadian or like knows a lot about hockey already or something so I guess that was like their draw to him but maybe they were hoping since he has tons of young impressionable fans they'll watch hockey because he's talking about it but yeah. I don't know if that's the route to take. I mean, there's, like I said, there's plenty of young, especially females 
getting into the sport through other outlets. They don't need like their Josh Richards or whatever other e-boy they're in love with to tell them to watch hockey because they're probably already on Tumblr and Twitter, yeah. like getting into it on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just I think there were so many other avenues to take and 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 this isn't it. And again, for them, for him to be like a fan representative or like a fan ambassador or whatever they're calling him, basically saying that he's representative of the like youth like young nhl fans Mm -hmm. yeah is really insulting to me for sure um even though i don't know if i fall into that category because i don't know what age bracket they're looking at but youth (laughs) but i consider consider myself youthful so uh, i'll i'll take offense to it um just one more thing i wanted to add is he has started posting tiktoks i do not i am not one of his 25.4 million followers however um i he I want to look and see if he was posting anything about, like, the NHL or hockey or anything. Yeah, he posted one about that because they said that he should root for the Lightning. I mean, uh, root for the Canadians because he's Canadian. That's and what he was, was like, going like, <laughs> No, so it's him in a Lightning jersey. He's not doing much of anything. Uh, he flips off the camera. I'll just, like, live uh, react to it. He He's getting really close to the camera now. I feel kind of threatened. Oh, and now it's, like, the arena. And they're oh, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because they, okay. they invited him there. Yeah. He was at game yeah. two. It was like a little threatening. He got really close to the camera. Anyway, I was scrolling through the comments and it's Josh, you need to support Montreal. You're Canadian. Wrong jersey, my guy. Anyways, go Hubs. Montreal will win. So much for being Canadian. What is that jersey? I'm sorry, but I want Montreal to win and you're Canadian, bud. So I'm confused. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> I don't get the idea that Montreal should be Canada's team when Quebec tried to leave Canada. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about it. Let's, like, let's open the discussion. Like, I don't know if that's, like, the, I, I don't know. It's just so funny to me because, like, the NHL was definitely, like, he is the voice of the fans. Everyone's going to love him. He's what we want to attract. And everyone's like, we don't claim you. Go away. Like, already yeah. backfiring. Like I said, I also think you're catering to, like, he's a social media star. And you're trying to, you're trying to use him to campaign to your fans on social media which are predominantly queer <laughs> or women yeah. or people that this this child and his friends don't stand for so yeah. that like i said there's just a huge disconnect and that's why it's insulting cuz it's like just like your social media people do go on twitter right and see right like, yeah the tons of fans that are not in groups of people that you are trying like I don't where I don't know I just don't even know how to like I, I just it leaves me speechless yeah. it leaves yeah. me speechless and it it definitely like gives way to a deeper conversation about how like Sam you had said this the NHL just continues to not understand their fan base like we saw it from literally the beginning of time when they were like we're going to start putting out like apparel for women and we were like ooh great and they were like it's all pink and glittery and we were like, yeah. nah, we just want the colors of the team. And they were like, I just like, want a shirt that's no. a little tighter fitting. That's all I want. Exactly. And it's like, I, I, or like a v neck up in this, like something. <laughs> it's almost like a game, like to go on the NHL shop and like set it to women and like look at what ridiculous shit you can find. Like, ooh, let's get some Florida Panthers high heels. Like, yeah, like that's what I want. Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. Let's get a Dallas Stars handbag. Like, yeah, That's I, I will say, though, I, I uh, on the like on the flip side of that, um, 
with the hurricane, I mean, I keep like praising the hurricanes, but I really think a lot of things they do, I think a lot Mm -hmm. of things they do are just steps in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And I mean, Tom Dundon just took over 100% ownership of the team. And I think he's really trying to push the hurricanes and into the 21st century, which I appreciate. Um, so part of their like marketing plan is they want to hear from fans about like the kind of merch that they want. And one of the things that they released during the playoffs and it sold out, like it sold like wildfire. Like I had a friend who was at a, at a game and I said, please get me this before it sells out. Um, it, if for those of you who haven't seen it on Twitter, it's an oversized, it's a one size fits all as well. So it, all, it fits everyone differently, but it's a one size oversized band t-shirt it is a rolling stones style t-shirt it says the carolina hurricanes in like that bubbly 70s rolling stones font Mm -hmm. and then there are nine i believe nine uh the classic tongue sticking out logo and on each tongue are different um like very different stylized versions of the canes colors or the canes logo oh that's cool Mm -hmm. it's very cool um I've worn it, I've worn it like four times already. I have one. Um, and so many people were so upset because they like ordered it online and then their order got canceled because they sold out. Like yeah. they're literally sold out everywhere. And yeah. I saw an interaction between um, like the marketing, a marketing person for the Canes and a fan. And they were asking like, what merch would you like to see going forward? Um, and this, and the, this one girl that I know said, I want the pan tea back because I couldn't get it. And they were like, yeah, we like had such great response to it. Like we're going to try to make more things like that because so many people were so into it. And that's the kind of thing that I think the NHL as a whole just needs to look more into. Like listening to the fans, seeing what is popular, mm-hmm. seeing like, oh, this thing sold out like the fastest any other of their merch probably has ever sold out. Yeah. That's the stuff mm-hmm. you have to play into. And again, it was women leading the way because they want to wear it like <laughs> i i don't know i just there's so many ways to go about like simple ways for for a marketing team or a social media team to just pay more attention yeah i agree a thousand percent. pretty much yeah so that's that's i guess all we can say about that that's not- we're gonna we're gonna start talking in circles at this point i mean yeah. i feel like we we have exhausted like ourselves talking about this disconnect that seems to be there and the NHL just continues to give us more fuel to the fire. Um, <laughs> yep. Speaking of bad PR. Um, so this is a good news, but like kind of feels icky situation. So um, Jonathan Taves, the captain of the Blackhawks, uh, has spent all of last season out with like this mysterious illness that like, they were being very secretive about... I mean, as I really like Jonathan Tapes. He's one of my favorite uh, NHL players. So I was a little... Like, I'm a little... Like, I was a little nervous about him. Yeah. Because I don't know. Like, who knows what's going on with him, you know? Mm-hmm. And so he made a full, like, edited video announcement, basically, um, a couple days ago, saying that he's, he feels a lot better, but he spent this past season dealing with an immune response disorder, um, which... Jesus. Um, That's scary. <laughs> yeah, he said that it, it, he just couldn't recover from it. It was chronic. It was just causing him a lot of exhaustion and pain and things like that, um, which was what we had been hearing in, like, reports all season, and then we just didn't know what it was. So apparently it was this chronic immune response disorder or whatever you want to call it, some mm-hmm. immune issue. But he feels a lot better now. He's going to be back um, next season. 
But the timing of it, a lot of people called into question because we even touched on it last week. And since last week, it's gotten worse um, that the Blackhawks organization is currently under a lot of fire for these sexual assault allegations against their video coach and their and the organization's lack of response to it. And the fact that they enabled that man to continue to get a job with children who he had ultimately ended up also assaulting. Um, so while the organization's facing all this scrutiny and rightful criticism, uh, Jonathan Taves, their captain, the guy that led them to three cups, all of a sudden announces that he's healthy and coming back. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely one of those. I mean, we talk about with the NWHL a lot, like, they, they're not acknowledging the Digit Murphy situation, but Anubata Glenno gets promoted and this player and this thing, and they just had a, they just had a whole, what'd you say? I'm so sorry. And Angela James. Yeah. Yeah. And we were like, these are good things, but also you, you still did a bad thing. And they were like, can't hear you. We're having a full draft on Twitter. Like, yeah. So it, it definitely, um, feels similar to that in that they they did they did bad they did bad thing and they said "Mm, don't don't think about the bad thing don't think about it look at the good thing look at the good thing and we said "Mm, i don't know about that one um that's my that's my very very simplified reaction um but yeah i mean sam i have a lot of the same feelings as you i think jonathan taze is pretty much like I don't want to say universally loved, but at least, like, universally, like, not hated, universally respected. Like, he's never really done anything to, like, make anyone not like him. Um, And he's just generally, like, he's one of those, like, good guy players, I think. Like, nobody really has anything against him. Um, And so, obviously, like, when he was out with this mysterious condition, we were like, geez, hope he's okay. Um, And, like, yeah, glad to see he's okay. But, like, you said the timing of it and the fact that it's coming out right now. And, like, Part of me is, like, they had to have had this planned for a while since it was, like, a fully edited video. Like, it wasn't just, like, Jonathan Taze and his phone. Like, this had to have been made a while ago, but it's also, like, if you were holding on to it for however long, why'd you put it out now and not wait it or done earlier? I don't know. You also could have fully just put out, like, a press release where you were, like, he's fine. And, like, that yeah. wouldn't have been as big of a deal. But... Those are those are my thoughts. Those are pretty yeah. much like the only thoughts. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it was kind of all a very weird situation, and yeah. kind of on the topic of you guys saying, uh, you know, talking about how Jonathan Tape just as a human being. I'm not gonna lie, I saw that come out, and I was like, holy shit, I forgot he was even like out, for <laughs> like full honesty. Yeah, like forgot he was out for that long. I was like, holy shit, like there you yeah. are. Um, and and I know a lot of the stuff that I was seeing kind of like back and forth. And when I was talking to one of my friends about it, it is like two different sides of it. And I I don't know that I fall on on the one side, obviously, because it is very suspicious timing. Um, because the one thing is like, it was Taves that did it. Yes, he could have been the one to say, this is my time. This is when I want to put it Mm -hmm. out. But like, on the flip side, like you had a full camera crew, like all this kind of stuff. It's not like the organization wasn't involved in, exactly. like, po- in like editing this, making this all happen. So it's like, yeah, Taves was the one to post it, which like maybe that's another thing. Like, hey, buddy, like you, you got a good idea what's going on. I'm pretty sure. Like maybe yeah. not the best time to be like, hey, guys, I'm back. Like, great. <laughs> By like, the way, ha- happy for you. Like, glad, 
you know, you kind of figured out um, what was going on and how to, you know, yeah. how to get better from it. But it was like, hmm, like little suspicious. I, I also, I mean, I know, I mean, Jonathan Taves, because I, I do follow him on social media and everything. He doesn't post that often. So I yeah. don't know how much of it was his decision. Like, even though it was on his social media yeah. I don't know if that completely absolves the organization from involvement. Oh, no. I, not, I, not at I, all. I wonder if the org sent it to him and was like, post this on your personal Do it. Why don't oh, you no. It? No doubt. Yeah. yeah. Like, why don't you post this on your personal page? Make it more personal, like the announcement or whatever. That's, yeah. That's been done a million times before. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt that the Hawks organization had a lot to do with that, regardless of it being on his own social media because like you said he's not he's not a big social media guy so i don't know that he's gonna think oh i should post this on my own account you know for any reason i don't know um yeah, yeah. but the, the organization definitely had a lot to do with the timing i would think of putting it out and it's just like honestly just to put it easy it's just gross like it is yeah you, you know what's going on and i mean obviously he was gonna have to put this announcement out at some point um, like any way, which way it came out, it it was going to come out at some point that he was, you know, feeling a lot better, which again, yeah. great, but I feel like y'all could have waited. Yeah. Like, yeah. We would have, we would have been like happy at any point, like that this announcement comes out, like that he would be back next yeah. season. I, yeah. yeah, I did want to play devil's advocate a little bit for, for Jonathan Taves, because I did see a lot of, um, cause he was asked about. Um, I guess he was made available to media or something mm-hmm. after, you know, th- this announcement and things mm-hmm. like that. And he was asked about the comment from for a former Blackhawks player that everyone knew about um, these two players oh, that came yeah. forward. I didn't see it. They asked him about it. I, yeah, so they, I, so, yeah, I saw this article. So yeah. he received a lot of criticism for his response to it. And he because because he basically said that he was felt that saying everybody knew about it was uh, a mischaracterization of what happened. He thought that, well, he personally says that he personally did not know about it until the next season, the next training camp after they Mm -hmm. had celebrated the cup and Aldridge was gone. Yeah. When he like was looking into why he was gone because it felt a little mysterious and sudden to him, he found out about the allegations Mm -hmm. and a lot of people were criticizing him saying, well, you're the captain. Why? Like, did you not know? It's your responsibility to know. And it the, he was basically accused of like, basically like covering up, like cont- helping the organization like look better and like cover it up because he said that he doesn't, he's not sure how the extent to how the organization mishandled it because he was not made aware of the situation yeah. till, till months later when this other former player is saying that everybody knew. Um. And I do want to say that it's different for a player that is still under contract with, employed by, and the captain of an organization. That is completely different from a player that does not have any ties to that organization anymore whatsoever and can say whatever he wants. Um, Jonathan Jonathan Taves yeah. still plays for the Blackhawks. He's still under contract by the Blackhawks. The, con- the Blackhawks still pay him. He is still wearing the C. He's still the face of the organization. And yes, people were likening it to when he was middle of the road on the Patrick Kane allegations as well. Yeah. Guys, like I keep saying, he's uh, hockey players are very loyal to the organizations they play for, especially 
when they're still under the contract of that um, that organization and it is a problem with hockey culture period to be silent about that stuff yeah i think that you're doing like taze a disservice to like blame him or like look down upon him because of what he said or how he dealt with it because like you said it's a much bigger like much more systematic issue than just jonathan taze or just the blackhawks like we see this happen far too often and like you said i think a lot of people especially those who are like strictly fans you know i don't want to say like we work in the sport because we have we have a silly little podcast and we write on a silly little website like we're not we don't work for the nhl but i think that people who like aren't as deeply involved in the sport as we are forget or just don't really know how much is involved in things like this and like it's something bit bit of an off-topic little thing but like bear with me it's something that i think about when like bands or artists have allegations against them and people immediately are like kick him out of the band why haven't you kicked him out of the band it's been like 12 hours like why haven't you done anything about it and it's like well it's a lot more complicated than that because there are contracts and there are legal teams and there are representatives and agents and managers and I just think that a lot of times, you know, we as fans of whatever it is, of an artist, of a sport, of a team, whatever, we don't realize how much goes into literally everything. Like, just to use, like, the Taze video, for example, think about how many people that probably went through. Like, think about how many edits, think about how much footage, you know, that was probably so much more complicated than, like, what we saw. So I think, I just spit all over my computer. That's really good. Um... (laughs) (laughs) but i just think that these things are a lot more complicated than maybe like we give them credit for and like you said sam like how else was he supposed to respond as the captain of the team going through this was he supposed to be like yeah we all knew and we we didn't really care like deuces like what would yeah what was he supposed to say this was this was the exact quote because i wanted to find it exactly he said he said uh it says taves said he didn't hear about the allegations until right before training camp the next season, Aldrich was just gone. Nobody knew if he left on his own or if he had been fired. That's when Tave said he heard the stories from, quote, those two players, which how else is he going to say it when they can't be, they don't want to be identified? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know why that, like, I don't know, but putting that in quotes is very pointed to me. I don't know. So then he says, quote, I don't know who the player that talked to the athletic is, but what kind of, uh, it kind of annoyed me because it seemed like it fed the fire a bit. When that player commented that everyone on the team knew, that wasn't true. As far as I know, some guys may have caught whispers of it, and some guys were clueless until the next year. I don't think that was an accurate statement. That was the quote. And then it says, Tave said he couldn't comment much far beyond that, offering sympathy for the players who were allegedly assaulted, assaulted, calling it a tough situation, and saying he couldn't say for sure if the team mishandled it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably about all he could say with the position that he's yeah. in and the role that's that a neutral. In. I mean, and also considering how outspoken he's been about other just like political issues mm-hmm. and, and things in general, like he's very active with um, like advocating for environmental issues. Yeah, I was going to say like climate he change even stuff. said he even said straight up, like if I was American and I could vote, I would not vote for Trump. Period. So <laughs> I don't necessarily like and that's not to like put him on a pedestal or like try to like exonerate him or something but knowing who like that I think signifies more to me who like his personality and who he is as a person and what he cares about and to me I think that saying saying very neutral I don't want to get involved type 
answers to questions when, like I, like we keep saying, he's still on the Blackhawks. He's still a member of the organization. Mm-hmm. He's a very valued member of the organization. Mm-hmm. Who knows what? And like he's being pressured to put out statements that, like he may be being pressured to put out statements that he's like about his health now and things like that. I, I just don't. I don't think we should be ready to like cancel him or whatever because yeah. he's being loyal to the organization that it still employs him and clearly the organization is doing everything they can to defuse the situation yeah 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 he's going about as far as he can while still like you said while still being under contract he's saying like it wasn't i don't even know if i want to say it's not like he was like oh no comment i don't want to talk about it like he go he went as far as he would be a allowed to do i don't even know if i want to use allowed but and he didn't say that like straight up like nobody didn't know like yeah he he just said that saying that everybody knew at the exact moment that it was reported isn't true yeah and i think that like the the initial player and like obviously we don't know who the player was that said like everybody knew but they probably like said it like offhand you know that that probably wasn't something that they sat and thought well did every single person know at the exact same time because like a blanket statement like that is like dangerous because now somebody like taze has to deal with it now think about how many players were on that team and involved with that team now they all have to deal with it so i definitely think that as i said before it's just it's just a lot more complicated than probably any of us think it is and i agree with you ariel on that he probably did the best he could with what he could say yeah yeah there wasn't there wasn't really much else he could probably go into without you know obviously coming under fire himself like he was going to come under fire no matter what he regardless said. just, just because of like obviously the magnitude of this situation like and how you just ugly this has become like he was going to come under fire but i don't think what he said should be as under fire as it should be just because like He's speaking from what he can say and what, you know, tiptoeing that line of like, oh, you know, like I started to wonder obviously after because I didn't know until, you know, the next season of why. And then, you know, you hear the whispers. And so he he towed that line as best as he could mm-hmm. to say, yeah. like, you know, I may have known afterwards, but like I didn't know when it happened. Yeah. yeah. Is that, and- you know, little neutral line. And I mean, th- I mean, we'll we'll never know the full details of everything until like after the legal situation's resolved, and and like I I I would think that the players who are bringing up this lawsuit as soon as the lawsuit's over and it's you know they don't have to worry about like legal rep- repercussions and everything. I would think that they're going to come come out in in some fashion, either just mm-hmm. like revealing their identity or just saying more about what happened. I mean, when things are in court, like. Oh, you can only say so much when you're still going yeah. through the legal proceedings. Yeah. Um, so we'll probably not know the full truth until all this is settled in in court or out of court or however they're going to end this lawsuit. But mm-hmm. um, I, it makes me wonder, I mean, if I'm on a team, right. And I, and I know that my two team, something horrible happened to two of my teammates and they already brought it to the, the powers that be and they're going to handle it like what can i do then at that point because i, I don't i don't have the i i personally don't have so like because if i go to the police let's say they're going to ask me for more than names they're going to ask for some sort of evidence they're going to ask for more details than that 
And what more can I offer other than I heard from my teammate that they reported this about this person? Yeah, really. Yeah. So I really think the onus is a, is, is a thousand percent on the front office and on the other coaching staff and things like that, not on these players who may or may not have known what was going on or the full extent of what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, the onus is mostly on McDonough, the president of the team, and and Stan Bowman, the GM of the team, who were advised to go to the police and didn't. And then gave him Very a much. glowing and gave this man a glowing recommendation to get a job working with children, whom he ultimately assaulted. Isn't that, that so awful? <laughs> that's what needs to be investigated. Yeah. That's what needs to be punished, and that's who deserves the brunt of the blame. I agree. Um, and like, I feel like pointing fingers and getting mad at players and, and this and that is just taking away from what should be a full blown, like, I don't want to say like attack, but a full blown investigation, investigation. And, a full, and like yeah. fo- solely focusing on the people who are uh, really culpable and responsible for perpetuating abuse. Yeah. Um, Cause that's what it is. It was abuse. He abused grown adults and then was given the opportunity to abuse children and there should be people who pay for that um and like like we've said before and keep saying this this was this is an this is indicative of what hockey culture is has been and is and that's what we need to focus on like the players here are all are for the most part victims in these situations and i mean yes in the ohl there's been up things uh times where players have come out as the abusers themselves but a lot of these players are victims and went through gross abuse and that needs to be focused on not like well why didn't this player say anything and why why is who knew about it who didn't and blah 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 blah. that's just it's pedantic i think yeah for sure anyway i feel like we we talk about this every week because more stuff comes out Mm -hmm, but yeah it just keeps getting worse, truly. Um, one more thing about the Blackhawks before we finally put them to rest is that uh, Duncan Keith is likely to be traded. Um, I am not surprised about this. I don't know if you guys were surprised at all. I don't know how much you guys know about Duncan Keith. Um, He's another one that I low-key forgot played for the Blackhawks. Still. Yeah, so <laughs> he, he hasn't been, like, the great... I mean, he hasn't been the greatest defenseman. He's not the Con Smythe winner that he used to be i was gonna say he used to be very very good and then yeah happened i saw a chart my friend sent it to me his his war his wins above replacement is at one percent so not great Ooh. um that's not good but he wants to go to the pacific northwest or western canada he has sole custody of his son oh. and during the season uh his son i believe lives with his parents who live in western canada um mm-hmm. He's not a young guy. He's probably close to retirement. I think he just wants to like wrap wrap up the career uh near his son, which mm-hmm. is very yeah. understandable. Um so the uh and they added Pacific Northwest because Seattle obviously. So that gives him so the options basically are Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver or Seattle. Um Ooh. Given every team's like cap situation and all that, I wonder if see C- if this is one of the like marquee names that Seattle puts on the team just to have like veteran presence on the defense and take on some cap so they can hit the floor. Um, 
I don't know if you guys put much thought into that, into all this stuff, but that was just, I've been thinking about this, this since it was announced because A, I wasn't surprised and B, I wonder where he's going to end up. Yeah. My, my contribution is I saw a tweet yesterday by Ava Tarrant, Tarrant, and the caption is Duncan Keith on the trade block. And it's a picture of an old record player with a sign on it that says, does not work, but could be fun to fix. (laughs) I actually just sent that to my friend. I did see that tweet. It's really funny. <laughs> and I was that, looking. That feels accurate. I was looking at this girl's Twitter, and Ava, I'm so sorry, I'm absolutely stalking you, but she tweeted a minute ago, Duncan Keith to the Rangers so they can be reunited. And it's a video of him with Artemi Panarin. And I just forgot that there was um, a world in which Artemi Panarin was on the Blackhawks. The, the, the Chicago Blackhawks? Yeah. It's <laughs> on a line with strange. Patrick Kane. Well, she's really funny. I'm going to follow her. She she has a tweet that says... Shout out, Ava. Yeah, Ava, we love you now. Her, her tweet says... The NHL is out of touch with their fans? Then explain this. And it's a headline from like a while ago that says, NHL hopes to win over angry fans with Pitbull concert during Winter Classic. (laughs) That was funny. Okay, Twitter break over. Moving on. Twitter time is over. Yes. Um, Yeah, I just thought it was interesting because like also the timing of all this is a little suspicious. I mean, I'm less suspicious of trade rumors coming out close to the expansion draft as I'm less suspicious of that as I am a a edited statement from the captain, but interesting how the Blackhawks are trying to get into the news for a whole bunch of other things that aren't the serious allegations of sexual abuse and misconduct against their organization. Um, anyway, anyway, (laughs) Anyway. on that note, Um, anyway, let's switch to something happy. Adam Fox won the Norris. I was shocked. I, and I texted Sam like immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I was shook beyond belief. Wowie. So not only did he win the Norris, he like won the Norris. Yeah. It was it was like it was I, I'm gonna look at this the Norris voting because they the NHL actually did tweet out like the Norris yeah. like voting numbers, uh, yeah. Chart. Um because a lot it it, it went around a lot. Um on Twitter because a lot of people were talking about it because I think this came as I think people knew that Adam Fox or Kale McCarr were the more deserving of the two of the three nominees. Yeah. But we're still expecting Victor Hedman to win. Yeah. And, as one does. Yeah. And so I'm looking at the, the results right now. Adam Fox had 40 first place votes. Whew. So there's so for for people who don't know, there's a hundred people who vote. It's down that is a number that's down from 150. So only 100 writers vote for these awards. So that's for clarification. And yes. then everyone puts in their top, I believe it's top five. Yeah. And so you you tally up the, and then you get, they, the players get points based on first place vote, amount of first place votes, second yeah. place, et cetera. So Adam Fox had 743 points with 40 first place votes, which is pretty overwhelming considering Kale had 31 first place votes and 655 points. That's a pretty large gap. Um, and then Victor Hedman only had 433 points. So he was, he was third, but it, it, that's a large gap. And I think that's, what's most surprising to me is just how, like we, like you said, we always expect Victor Hedman to win this award just because it's (laughs) just because, but to see the big gap that there actually was, and that maybe the writers are starting to be like, yeah, Victor Hedman's good. But, like, he wasn't the best this season. So, 
yeah. somewhat a step in that direction. And I think I was on both sides. I was shocked that Adam Fox won just because I was like, holy shit, it's not Victor Hedman. Like, they didn't go to the status quo. Yeah. But I was also on the other side. Like, so many people talked him up and so many people looked at him as a Norris Trophy winner that I was also like, okay, so that hype was real. It was true. Like, people actually did, you know, believe that he deserved this award. Yeah. And and I, I know that there was... Uh... Like, I mean, Boston fans were upset. I mean, I was a little surprised, too, that Charlie McAvoy didn't get nominated. And then looking yeah. at the voting, he was only fifth. To, uh, Dougie Hamilton on Carolina got more votes than Charlie McAvoy. And I wonder where, where like, that disconnect is with the, like, is it the eye test? Is it, like, I don't know what that is. I don't know if it was just because there were so many injuries on the Boston defense I don't know why Charlie McAvoy didn't get a recognition. I mean, I'm not a Bruins fan. So this is like, so this is just from, you know, things I've like what I saw watching like a get games against the Bruins. And like, just from what I've heard from people, I'm, I'm a little shocked that Charlie did not get more votes than he did. Yeah. Um, another fun fact, uh, Tyson Barry actually led defenseman in points this year. And he did not get a single Norris nomination uh, vote. Oh, that's kind of rough. So I think it's interesting to see that the the writers finally are like realizing just because a defenseman gets the most points out of all defensemen doesn't mean they're the best defenseman in the league. Yeah. Um. Because yeah, Adam good Adam game. Fox yeah. truly like was the best on both sides of the puck. I mean, he has his offensive game. I think he was like second or third in points for defensemen this year. And he was he carried the Rangers defense on the defensive end on his back. So I'm excited for him. And there's he it was so many Rangers like firsts or seconds or records or whatever that I'm just super happy for him. He's the second only the second defenseman to win an Norris by their second season. The other was Bobby Orr, by the way. That's yep. so crazy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I also find it funny that Devon Taves from Colorado, got more Norris votes than any Islanders defenseman did. Ooh. And he was traded from the uh, For those who don't know, he was traded from the Islanders to Colorado for two second-round picks because <laughs> they needed cap relief. And apparently trading Devon Taves was the only way to do that. It was a good idea. Yeah. I um, saw I'll a weird stat this morning. It was from, like, years ago. I was, like, scrolling through my little time hop. I think it was the 2010 draft, like this day a couple years ago, like the top six or seven picks from the 2010 draft had all been traded from their original team. I was like, ooh, that's a little, that's all rough. Yeah. A little bit. Actually, let's, let's have a little fun. Let's look at that draft. 2010. I was going to say, I can confirm that. Hopefully. Scrolling through my little time hop. Okay, so let's see. Taylor Hall was traded. Uh-huh. From the Multiple Oilers. Times. Yep. Tyler Sagan was trade famously traded from Boston, Steers and Queers. For missing team bre- scratch for missing team breakfast. Uh well yeah, I'll suppose, you know. You know a bunch, of, a bunch of other things. He was a little wild in Boston. A little bit. Uh Eric Goodbranson, I believe he was traded from Florida. He doesn't play for Florida yeah. anymore. Uh Ryan yeah, top Ryan six Ryan picks Johansson. from the 2010 draft. Yep, Ryan Johansson, you know, need a writer. Brett Connolly, Jeff Skinner was, was seventh. I mean, now he's been traded, but at the yep. time of that tweet, he wasn't traded. Yeah. It's so funny because like when I was younger, I used to like retweet like all the like hockey news. So now I get this little like blast from the past when I go on my <laughs> time hop. Like um 
Jason Demers got signed by the Panthers to a five-year, $22.5 million contract five years ago today. Wow. What a weird draft this was. Yeah. I'm sorry. I I, I love looking at, uh, like, old drafts. Maybe when we... uh, when we're getting closer to this year's draft, we'll do a, some kind of like throwback draft thing. But yeah, so it'd be fun. This was a strange draft. Very strange. Um, but yeah, that's super interesting. I didn't know that they yeah. were all traded. So Taylor Taylor Swift curse <laughs> gone. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, congrats to Adam Fox. It's super exciting. The the Rangers posted a cute little video of all the players congratulating him. Oh. Um. And it was super sweet, all the players being like, congrats, Foxy. It's so funny because most of them didn't say a, a whole lot. I mean, Ryan Lindgren did because they've been partners for a long time. Uh, but Chris Kreider went off on like a whole rant about like, you're just such a wonderful teammate in person. And I'm so honored <laughs> to like play with you. I'm like, t- I will die on the hill that Chris Kreider has the energy of a male character written by a woman. Yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> That's like so on the nose. Wow, Sam. That's good. Yeah. We love Chris Kreider in this house. Anyway, we do. why don't we finally talk about the finals? Oh, yeah, that. Right. Um, so Tampa is up two to nothing. I'm not surprised they won both their home games. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. I am curious for your guys' thoughts. I mean, I don't know how much you guys have been watching. I haven't been watching a whole lot of the games, but I am curious what you guys think think or like thought going in is or like your thoughts being confirmed because i don't know if it'll be an s word but uh, i was gonna say yeah but i do think that the canadians look severely outmatched yeah, yeah. I've, I've watched both games just because i have a small rooting interest in a player that's not even taken the ice yet um <laughs> that would be luke Shen. he's not going to play in the finals um but that's okay it's fine, okay, it's well, fine. No, that's, but i have so i have a small rooting interest in tampa just because like oh i want him to win back to back cups so that i have cool. watched both games though and the second game especially i mean montreal looked like a million times better in game two like game one they just like it got blown open towards uh, i think in the third period it ended up being like a 5-1 final and they just looked like a team that was playing against Tampa Bay. And then game two, they seemed to fix a lot of the problems, which was turnovers. So that was a big issue for them in game one. And then it was just like, haha, you guys got better. Haha, so did Andre Vasilevsky. Like, yeah. <laughs> got even better. Like, even though, like, the one goal he led up was, like, just a really fluke, kind of weird looking goal. I did see it. Goal, mm-hmm. Which was the same type of goal that Price led up, like, his first goal, too. It was just very, like, like my friend said, it's like they sneezed. Like and just didn't see, didn't yeah, what? see the puck. Yeah. Um, but I I think this is a case of kind of what I expected was Montreal like found their way to the cup final in in very, you know I don't I don't want to say underdog fashion, but the kind of underdog. Yeah, they were the underdog. Yeah. I mean, we certainly didn't expect them to go through every team that they did. I I mean the whole three yeah. one Toronto thing obviously is yeah. something in and of itself that you know, we could spend, you know, so much time on. But I-, I think this is kind of a case of, like, Montreal finally meeting that team that's like, yeah, we're better than you. Like, we're a lot better than you, I would say. So I, I think it's finally that matchup that Montreal didn't have. At least I don't, I wouldn't say they faced a team necessarily that has this much, like, 
star power and the depth to back it up. Like yeah. up and down, up and down that Tampa Bay lineup. I don't know that you can really find a hole on that yeah. team. So mm-hmm. I think this really is Tampa Bay just being better than Montreal. Like obviously we'll see what happens because Ducharme is expected to be back for Game Three. Yeah, and and a lot of people didn't like some of what Richardson was doing and. Case in point, game two, they had a five-on-three. Cole Caulfield did not see the ice. Yeah. For most of it, Eric Gustafson was on the back end, and it was just very, like, questionable decisions that kind of obviously led to their demise in the end. But I think it will be interesting. I don't think we're – I don't think we're going to see – the S word. I don't. I, I think Montreal's gonna get it because I'll do it too. I don't. I think Montreal's gonna get at least one. Yeah. It, it, it at home, and especially with their coach behind the bench, I think maybe they will have somewhat of a different game plan. And obviously, they did look better in game two. It was just again they have to find a way to create traffic in front of Vasilevsky, where he's not seeing the puck, which is what happened I think on that first goal. Is they have to find those areas, and like hi, put one of your best young players off the ice in a five on three and maybe you might see something yeah i i think so this is this was what i, I have was a thought you were, okay go ahead <laughs> now go ahead, jen and then i'll say my piece alternatively <laughs> an s word would be more fun yes an s word would be more fun it would be yes. more fun and i would laugh because i i don't hate the Montreal Canadiens, but I don't like them. And and I simply think it would be fun and good and um, entertaining if they looked really, really bad and were um, more S-worded. were dustpanned away, if you will. Speak your speak your truth. Those those are my thoughts. You guys can go back to saying smart things. <laughs> but I have barely watched this series. I have little to no intentions of watching this series. Um, I usually watch like the cup get handed out. Like my mom and yeah. I just watch every year. Like mm-hmm. even if we don't watch any of the series, um, so I'll probably watch that. But as someone who has not seen a single game and has little to no investment. I just think it would be fun and good. Well, I will. I would also like. I, I'll put on my little fan, my Rangers fan cap, and say yes. that Carrie Carrie Price has more regular regulation Stanley Cup Finals losses than Henry. I says. saw. Yep, I saw that. Anyway, Yay! So uh, back to uh, like Jen said, the 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 smart hockey <laughs> analyst things. Um, I think what, part of what got Montreal to where they are now is shutting down the key things were shutting down the other team's star players. They shut down Austin Matthews and Mitch Martin and they shut down Mark Stone's line. They, that was the key in a lot of their, their success. And also their penalty kill was a huge yeah. part of their success. Tampa there's like you said, their depth, their star power. It's so overwhelming. It's their power play is lethal. I saw someone say that their power play should just be shaped like a giant middle finger. Because <laughs> basically that's what it is. Yeah. Like they're going to score yeah. like basically like all, if not all the time, every time, but almost every time, like 80 to 90% of the time. It's a little unfair. And like, and yes, we talk about the cap thing and everything, but even if like let's, Nikita Kucherov wasn't there, they're still better than the Montreal Canadiens, like significantly better than the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, there's, there's still so many names I on think, that list. 
I think this is the best defense they've faced in the playoffs. I, this is obviously the best goalie they faced in the playoffs. And to your point about Cole Caulfield not being on a five on three, which is insane. They have trouble scoring, which is why Cole Caulfield's such a great addition to their lineup. And that's why he's been one of their like MVPs, you could say, because he, he knows how to put the puck in the net. If he's not out there and he's not scoring, who else do they have? You know, really, who else do they have? That's what, a good point, yeah. Like Josh Anderson, maybe. But when when you look at the Lightning, all four lines can score goals. And I think all four lines have question Have mark? scored goals, yeah. <laughs> question so, mark, I think so. So I think it's just the, the depth versus depth and the, and the things that were working for Montreal, aside from Carey Price, are not working at, at this moment. And yeah. That's why, I mean, like you said, Ducharme coming back will help and being at home will help. Their request to have more fans was denied, but they'll still have 3,500 fans, which yeah. is so it's still going to be pretty. So it'll still be pretty loud in there. They're going to have the big, you know, ra- raucous crowd outside, I'm sure. The same one that got the arena locked down after the, the conference finals <laughs> or the semifinals, whatever you want to call it. Um. But yeah, so I think that's just like I said. I think Montreal's just severely outmatched, yeah. and they're trying to. I, that's the thing about a series. Over time, you figure out how to game plan because you're seeing the same team over and over. So I don't think it'll be an S word. I think they'll between the confidence of Ducharme coming back, being at home, and then maybe figuring out some sort of game plan to help shut down so, at least some of the Lightning's players. <laughs> that'll help. I, I personally think, but I mean, he, yeah. it's very hard to stop them. Yeah. I don't like, I kind of like more thinking about it, like, I don't think it's going to be, you know, one, two, three, four. I'll, I'll go that route now. <laughs> I think there's a chance it could be if obviously game three is going to be big for the Canadians. Cause I mean, if you go down three, Oh, like, hi, good night. Like you're yeah. probably not going to come back from that. So I think there's a chance, but yeah, I think the biggest thing is finding out, like, even if you can shut down their top guys, even if you can shut down Stamkos, Kucherov, you know, guys like that, um, that'll be, that'll be big because you're at least forcing them to have to go to, to go to depth. But when I mean Blake Coleman can dive out, like, and score a goal like that, and it's like the fourth or fifth time he's done that, yeah, maybe it's just not your time. I mean, also, I mean, I love I love Joel Edmondson. He's a great guy. He was a great hurricane. But yeah. when you make a behind-the-back pass to no one behind Carey Price, and so and I, I can't remember who it was on the Lightning, Palat, I think it was. Yeah, I just think it was Palat. Just scoops it up and puts it right in. Like, that's a little bit on you. That's not on him. Yeah, um, and, they, and they talked about that play, too, because they're like, was Petrie or someone, like, calling to Edmondson, like, hey, go around the back? Or, like, was Edmondson just like... I think I hear somebody. I think I see somebody. Yeah, like, I saw him. I, I watched a replay because I was like, really, like, literally, like, what the hell was he thinking? He did look behind him. So I don't know if he just didn't, like, I don't know what was going on there. But it just seems like a very foolish play in the Stanley Cup finals. Like, and he's yeah. no he's no stranger to the Stanley Cup finals. He won a cup with, with, the, with the Blues. Like, he, he should know better. He should know what he's doing. It's not, you know, he's not yeah. Cole. He's not Cole Caulfield, a rookie coming out of college in his first Stanley Cup finals. You know, he's been around the block. So I, yeah, I, that was just strange to me. I was like, oh, honey, what is you doing? 
<laughs> yeah, and I think that that's been a problem for Montreal is not is the mistake. Is Tampa Bay's gonna take advantage of your mistakes? They did. They've yep. done it multiple times in the first two games. So like, you might want to clean that up because you're having hard enough time like scoring on Vasilevsky to begin with. But when you compound it with those mistakes, like yeah, then you might you know see yourself gone in four games. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So well. So game three is tonight. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay, so we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But Godspeed to Montreal. <laughs> I, 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 I like when it's I like when it's a close series. I would like to see like at least like a like a two one moment. And like I, I I also think it would be nice to see Tampa win it at home because they didn't get to in the bubble. Uh-huh. Um, and like those fans are super dedicated. I know I know of a bunch of Tampa fans, and they're just so dedicated. And like like one of my one of my good friends, he. Uh, just finished uh, a season working in um, Bismarck, North Dakota, in the NAHL um, with the Bismarck Bobcats, and he flew back home to Tampa to make sure he was there for the for the Cup final. And he and he flew back a couple times for throughout the playoffs to see some games. So, you know, people like him and and um, our very own Alexa Hilston, <laughs> Queen, she. You know, the people like them who have been, you know, Lightning fans their whole lives mm. who didn't get to see a cup in the bubble and were really young in 2004 when they won. Um, it would be cool to see, like, them win it at home in front of people like them. Um, that's just my, like, little sentimental thing. I just, like, I love when teams win the cup at home. It's so much more special. Yeah, for sure. Um, so... I think I mean in an I, for me in an ideal world now that we see like just how outmatched Montreal are, it would be cool to see like a game three win for Montreal keep the series a little close, but then the Lightning win in game five uh, at home and, and take the cup home. Yes. Um. Mm-hmm. All right. One last little thing. Uh, I thought was interesting. Arizona kind of went off the board a little bit. Um, and picked. I really hope I say his name right, Andre. Tor- Torini yeah. of Hockey Canada. I think that's yeah, how you say sure. his name. Um, he coached Canada in the World Juniors um, most recently. And he has been talked about a lot as a like a good um, not, I guess, not an out-of-the-box candidate, but a not a recycled other NHL coach. Like a, mm-hmm. a, a new face a fresher face in, in coaching and he's going to coach Arizona. Um, I didn't really hear. It's kind of like what happened with Hackstall in Seattle. I didn't really hear much about him um, yeah. interviewing with Arizona until it was announced. I don't know if that's just because I wasn't paying much attention to the Arizona head coach search, but um, now I think every team that's missing a head coach has a head coach. Yay. So yeah, I, think so, yeah. I think, I mean, Canada, was unstoppable in the world juniors um aside from uh when the u.s played them and won the gold medal (laughs) but uh aside from that um they were crazy crazy good uh dylan cousins was a star for them um, I'm trying to think of the other names on that roster. I just know Dylan Cousins because I watched, I follow the Sabres a little bit. But um, he seems like a good coach. He seems like a smart coach. Um, Arizona 
has a lot of young players. He seems like he relates to young players pretty well. I feel like I I, I thought all these things when David Quinn took over for the Rangers, so mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes. But <laughs> that was like the big hiring news uh, coming out of the last week. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that was the last bit of news that I had written down. Did anybody um, else have anything to add? Well, I'm, I'm just seeing a couple things, and I figure we would touch on it just because of my connection to it. Of course. Um, is I guess Friedman's been talking... Um, oh, yeah, about on, Seth Jones, right? Yeah. Because yes. um, said... Because um, the, the account... That completely slipped my mind. <laughs> the account um, NHL Watcher is, is usually pretty good at, you know, whenever Friedman or whenever the, the big guys are kind of talking on the radio or on such and such, kind of letting everyone know what they're saying. And I guess recently said, the Flyers want Seth Jones, but only with term. Like, obviously. And, like, most teams want him. And it says not many teams are interested in him without term, which obviously because of him saying, like, he wants to test free agency. Like, that makes a lot of sense that he wants term. And before I kind of get into that real quick, just because I see something about Duncan Keith as well, um, that Friedman said the Oilers are a I just saw the tweet, yeah. yeah. That they're a logical fit for Keith, and as the Blackhawks are interested in Seth Jones, which I think a lot of teams are interested in in him. But I saw someone tweet just to like the quote tweet that, and it just said, "Get McDavid out of there." <laughs> yeah, but um, kind of kind of going back to the Seth Jones thing, just just real quick. I don't I don't want to delve too much on it because I know we're we're already a little bit over an hour here. The only thing that concerns me on on Seth Jones is the term. It is yeah. is um well not term necessarily, but is the fact that he is a free agent next season. And I have to find the tweet of what the updated like proposal or what the thoughts of what the Flyers would potentially give up. Um, is an article in the Athletic. Um, put a deal that had it at Myers, uh, prospect Zade Wisdom, Morgan Frost, and a first round pick in 2022. And the the thought before that, which came out from like a random like Columbus like UK account, was putting Joel Farabee in there instead of Wisdom. And I forget I don't know Frost, I don't remember if Frost was involved in it either. But the point of it being it's gonna take a defenseman, Myers or Sandheim. It's it's one of them. A lot of people thought it was either Frost or Konechny that would be involved mm-hmm. as well. And probably, if not your first-round pick this upcoming draft, probably a first-rounder coming out. And my only issue – well, obviously, I didn't want Joe Therapy involved, but that was another that was another thing. And I would hate to see Konechny involved in that as well. But not even looking at player-specific is if if you do pull off the trade for Jones – are you just getting a rental? Is he still going to test free agency yeah. next year? Or are they going to work something out similar to what we've seen, you know, in some of the other deals, like with Falk, where he came to the Blues and immediately got that, like, had that, like, seven-year, you know, contract? Are we going to mm-hmm. see something where you have to sign with us before we – or, like, you have to agree that you're going to sign with us to an extension before – you know, before we pull this trade off, that's my big concern is because if you're trading, you know, that big of a haul or, you know, just guys like that in, in this deal is it's, I don't think Seth Jones is the end all be all that's going to get you a Stanley Cup. Yeah. It's yeah. going to help the defense. No doubt because they really did miss a guy like Matt Niskanen. 
I'm not saying Seth Jones is Matt Niskanen because like he's not. But you have to be sure that this move is gonna put you over that you know edge that you think it is before you know obviously agreeing to it because you don't know maybe you don't know that he's gonna stay after that one year and then you've just given up a big haul for you know one season of Seth Jones and I mean if you win the cup great <laughs> great yeah like then, then, right. it, then it worked then I guess it works out for you. And you gave up that haul to mean something, but I just don't think he's the end-all, be-all move. Um, I would, I won't be mad if it happens because it really seems like a lot of people think he is going to end up in Philadelphia. But to be fair, Philadelphia is linked to like every single name that there yeah. is. I feel like um, a lot of the East Coast teams always end up getting linked to to big to big name players in some way, like the Rangers or the Flyers or the Bruins or whatever. Yeah. Because they're linked to Jones, Hamilton, Eichel. I just saw something that links them to Sam Reinhardt. I'm just like, are they just linking the Flyers to every single <laughs> human being that there just is? Or is, or is, like, Fletcher, like, actually in on a lot of different guys, which would be, like, not surprising to me, but it'd be, like, awesome. Like, you're actually looking at improving the team if you really are being linked to all these guys. But I, I'm nervous. Like, obviously, when, when you hear what guys could be involved in the trade. But I'm just nervous in general of, like, who are they actually really, really targeting? Yeah. And what are they yeah. giving up in the hopes that they're going to contend again next season? Mm-hmm. I think that's my biggest thing. And obviously, like, whoever is going to be involved, I'm going to be, like, you know, clenching everything that there is once I – if the deal does come out and I see who's involved – because when I saw like the Farabee connecting thing, I was like, "Oh God, no! I love them. Like, please don't, like, please don't trade them." But in in another sense, like, yeah, it's a business, like all that, blah blah blah. But yeah. I just have too much attachment to players yeah. for yeah. like this this type of year. But I I hope if they do if they do get a guy like Seth Jones or if they do go out for one of these big market guys, that it's not like it's not a we're just doing this to like appease you kind of thing like oh look yeah. we made a big move like we got you what you wanted like yeah great but like can you just be good maybe? yeah yeah like, that's, that, that's, that's my really what it is yeah that's my worry with the rangers and jack eichel i think part of the worry i mean there i have a lot of concerns with with them trying to do that trade and i i mean from all accounts it seems like they the sabers would prefer to send him out west if they send him anywhere at all um there seems to be a resolution coming on um their issues their issues with getting him treatment for his injury there seemed to be a a resolution on the horizon with that um but i i i don't like and i think toronto might fall into that that issue that issue as well this offseason uh making trades just to make them or signing signing players that you think your fan base will be happy with i think that's a huge problem because no offense to the fans and like we are fans so it's like (laughs) like I say this as one of you like our team doesn't owe us anything except being good yeah so in my opinion like if any team if my team makes a move they don't have to make a move for a player that I like just because I like them they have to make a move for a player that'll make them better and will actually like benefit me in the long run 
I, not I just because that, I'm mad about how this season went. <laughs> exactly. I, I think that's a really good. I think that's a really good point too. It is the whole like just because I like a player doesn't mean you have to go for them, or just because I don't like someone doesn't mean like you do, like stay away. Like it, it's kind of that that connect between being a fan and being like I don't like the realistic. Like I don't know if that's the word I want to go with, but like realizing that just because you want someone or just because you don't want some doesn't mean your team's gonna be like okay, cool. You person said you don't want this. All right, not gonna do it because you don't you don't want it. Or like, we're gonna do this because you want it. Like I, I think yeah. realizing that that's not how it works, it is kind of I, I think a, a connector and, and a pretty I mean, good point that you bring up. Jeff Skinner is very famously my favorite. I'm very infamous for him being <laughs> my favorite player. Right? Okay. I I have I talked about him being traded to the Rangers for fun. Absolutely. I've. I never once like was like go out and get him you need him you know like yeah I don't want my team to just get a a player because I really like them I mean alternatively the Rangers traded for Ryan Strom Jen's favorite player (laughs) without her even asking for it she it just manifested they just they just did that for me you know I I think it was really nice of them um to give me that gift (laughs) Uh, thank you to the Rangers organization. But to be yeah. fair, I mean, he is a player. I mean, it's even like shown in his like the results of his work of his body of work as a Ranger. I mean, they kind of did need him. Like they did not. Need yeah, him. yeah, it, did not need a Jeff Skinner in their lineup. <laughs> yeah, um, mm-hmm. I had something I wanted to add in my brain. Oh, I was gonna say like a lot of times we say just in life in general, like be proactive, not reactive. And I feel like that's something you could say about like trades or not even the proactive part, just don't be reactive. Cause I feel like, yeah, mm-hmm. like what you guys were saying, a lot of teams will be like, oh, we suck this year. So um, let's trade for um, players and uh, no, no players in particular, just players. Let's just make some trades, mm-hmm. right? Um, Cause we are bad. So obviously this combination didn't work. So right. let's just make a new one <laughs> and hopefully that one will work. And then when that one doesn't work, shit that one didn't work either so now we have to trade for more players don't know who like and i i genuinely think that that's how some teams operate is they think "Mm, this combination didn't work so let's just take players a and b out and put in players c and d and see if that works like i genuinely don't think there's a thought process sometimes um (laughs) which i mean i guess there probably is some sort of there definitely is but it's reasoning that we that we just like aren't seeing or like beyond us peasants or the or the old hockey thing of like we need to get rid of like the guys that can't hit people we need gritty hitting people bang bang or like this this punchy this punchy dude didn't work let's get in this punchy dude <laughs> let's get a different has, one he has slightly different offensive numbers so i get what you mean and like yeah i had i also had a thought that i completely lost and <laughs> it's early it's okay. it is very early i just hope that I mean oh this was it I think the expansion draft and everything that's coming up and uh, the fact that with the with COVID kind of messing up the schedule and everything Mm -hmm. some pending free agents are still under control by their team and I just think that with everything happening that's why the rumor mill is so much wider like the net is much wider cast now yeah that like uh-huh. the flyers are in on all these people because we just genuinely don't know what's going to happen <laughs> we simply do yeah. not know with everything that's going on with the added factor of like the different dates and the and the 
um, expansion draft and all that kind of stuff. A lot of teams are, I think, just exercising more options or looking into more options. Uh, the Predators traded Victor Arvidsson earlier this week, which is a thing to LA. I, I didn't add it to like our list of things to talk about because I don't think we all we have know much about Victor Arvidsson. We don't really, I don't Not really watch really, the Predators, yeah. but. I think like small things like that are going to are going to happen, but I don't think we'll see any of the big things till after during the expansion draft and after or like right. I think the period right before like once the protected lists come out, but then like the and like that's when the rumors will pick up. And then once we get once the trade freeze is lifted and the expansion draft starts, that's after that, it's all all bets are off. But yeah. I think until until then, we're just going to see this huge wide cast uh net of rumors because we don't know what anybody's gonna do um i i think only the teams really within themselves know what they're gonna do but they're not Mm -hmm. gonna let that information get out so yeah we'll just have to see um but yeah i think we're at about time so unless you guys have anything more to add we can wrap it up i am chilling i'm vibing (laughs) wonderful so thank you all for listening to another week of bunch of beauties and uh if you want to follow us on social media you can follow us at pucker up sports that's at pucker up sports on everything facebook twitter instagram um and yeah we hope you guys will join us next week hope you guys have a great week weekend happy fourth happy for those selling happy canada day to those who celebrated yesterday and i will see you all next week Bye. bye, bye.